This episode of the Beauté by Abic podcast is brought to you by Synergy Skin. Hello and welcome to the Beauté by Abic podcast, your online support community for the aesthetic and beauty industry. Here, we are strengthening and unifying the industry through representation, innovation and education. This is a platform created and dedicated to the aesthetic and beauty industry, valuing unity and advancement. We serve to represent, support and inspire you by connecting you with industry experts, expanding your knowledge through educational pieces and bringing you the latest industry news. This is Beauté by Abic. I'm your host, Stephanie Miller, and today's guest is Terry Vincent-Jones from Synergy Skin. Terry is an internationally renowned skin scientist, cosmetic chemist, author, and founder of Australian skincare brand, Synergy Skin. With over 20 years experience in formulating, Terry is a leading skin expert, acclaimed skincare educator, and the published author of Skin Formation, a clean science guide to beautiful skin. Terry holds a Bachelor of Science in Immunology and Microbiology, a postgraduate diploma of formulating chemistry, a diploma of education in biology and senior science, and is a member of the Australian Society of Cosmetic Chemists. Here to discuss the essentials for a healthy skin barrier from Synergy Skin, today we welcome Terry Vincent-Jones. Welcome to the podcast, Terry. It's so wonderful to have you here today. Thanks, Steph. It's great to be here, and I'm really looking forward to chatting about all things barrier. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> One of my favorite topics. Yeah. But before we start the podcast, you're a very, very popular person in our industry and a wealth of knowledge and an expert in your field. Please, Terry, tell us how did you come to be in the beauty and aesthetic industry? Well, um, gosh, almost 30 years ago, which kind of almost gives away my age, but I'm be loud and proud about our age. I started off, well, I'm a science nerd. So I did my science degree way back in the 80s. I majored in immunology and microbiology. But I always had this passion for the beauty industry, but not necessarily the, the total aesthetic side of it, the confidence side of it. So I had my own things that happened as a, as a young girl to do with my own self-confidence. So for me to make a difference to somebody's appearance, but what it does on the inside is so much more impactful. So my journey kind of was a, was, um, a hybrid between my nerdiness and my passion for science, but also my, my need to make people feel great about themselves through their skin. I, I really began my career working for a cosmeceutical company over about 25 years ago, and I was their educator and also f I formulated clinical products like peels for them. Uh, Love that. Then I transitioned into working with doctors, plastic surgeons and dermatologists in taking their, the patient skincare journey to the next level through education. So I worked very closely with medical clinics. And then... Um, so I had a bit of what I call my running away money saved up. And back at, this is we're talking the early 2000s. I had $40,000, which doesn't sound like a lot today, but back then it was a lot. So what I did was I opened my own skincare clinic in Melbourne in Camberwell. So I called the clinic skin formation, which probably gives you a bit of a clue there, Steph, because uh, I know you're... Oh, absolutely. 
<laughs> so I, I actually paid homage to my book, um, Skin Formation, but the clinic I call Skin Formation. And so in that clinic, my sole um, responsibility was formulating products and consultations because I'm not a talented beauty therapist, nor am I an injector. My skill was formulating. Um, so I was formulating using a compounding chemist back then. I did never did anything in the in the back rooms. The the concept from my computer was from from my from obviously there, but went to the to the medical um, compounding pharmacy, and it became the skincare became a bit of a cult following, and. Um, People in the clinic would would start, even when the GFC hit in 2008, they'd say, Terry, I can't afford to go to your beautiful clinic for injectables or for a treatment, but I can't afford not to have your products. And in those days, I you know, only had a few products, but I knew that there was something special about them. And the GFC, as I said, hit, people weren't having their treatments. And I said, well, you know, what am I? I'm a formulator. Um, I'm not a, an, a, an aesthetic specialist. So what I did was I actually gave my database to, away to a local clinic um, in Hawthorne in Melbourne. And I found a space in Melbourne in Burwood and I set up my own lab and I started doing it there, just formulating. And honestly, Steph, everything went north from that moment because I was doing what I was truly meant to do, which was formulating. And I... I found some fantastic clients, um, a beautiful client in Hong Kong, who's one of my best friends now. She took um, the business to the next level and I'm doing what I love. I'm creating products that make a difference to people's skin. Um, I use the science, I use my passion and that never wanes. Oh my goodness, your passion just comes through so <laughs> strongly in everything you say. And you really sound like you have found your calling. And when you do, it's not work anymore. It is a mission, really, isn't it? It um, really is. It really is. And you know what? I sometimes pinch myself looking back because we're just building our own um, lab at the moment, a much bigger lab. We're moving from Burwood into into a new premises, and we can literally land a small plane in my lab now. And I've gone from a shoebox to a massive, um, you know, ISO accredited lab. Hopefully, soon to be TGA approved. Oh. And it's just wow. This is very grown up. You have to pinch yourself sometimes. <laughs> do you sit there and look around and pinch yourself and say what what have I done like how has this all come to be it's um, truly just... been organic it hasn't been I've never been somebody who's been hungry for it but I think as I've always said if you've got passion failure isn't an option you, you will be successful and, and if you don't chase chase the dollar and and something I've just I've always chased the results and making a difference yeah so there you go <laughs> I love what you said just um, you know sort of flashing back to I sold my database you literally burnt the boat as they say and you went into the direction that you wanted yeah. to go through and it's so inspirational because there's just there's so much more to you than uh, you know people recognize you as a formulator and as obviously skincare guru and a creator of something very special but there's so much more to you um, you know than even meets the eye it's so profound what you're saying because it all leads to you know personal belief in yourself following your dreams filling that part of yourself where a lot of us tend to suppress and it seems as though it's not just a, a thing you do but it's a philosophy that you have what's your formulation and, and skincare philosophy because that is a really deep question that I've always wanted to ask you actually well for me at the very very beginning and it's it's held true for the last we're almost 20 years old now um i started the the term clean science uh about oh, 18 years ago 
And mm. I was actually in a Vegas um, medical conference and a girlfriend of mine from the state said, um, your product really is, it's just, um, no, she said, what is Synergy? What is it Synergy to you? And I said, well, it's basically clean science. And I, I, look, I think the clean beauty movement is amazing and it's got its place, but that's not who's, what, that's not what, what I was. Mm. I wanted to create um, transparency in the industry. So clean to me also means transparency and being open about your formulations. It's debunking myths. Um, it's also being sustainable and ethical, but uh, it was. I have synthetic ingredients in in my library in my lab, and they're absolutely as effective as naturally derived. Not, there's nothing natural, by the way. The minute you process, <laughs> not natural. Um, but there's 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 places for all beauty areas. But clean science to me is harnessing the best of science and nature sustainably and ethically. And, and but having the evidence to back everything and that's clean science and that's been my philosophy from the very beginning that's so beautiful and it encompasses absolutely everything that you do right yeah. um and look your your products are so they're I say cult-like because when you start using the products, you, you cannot stop. When you said, you know, I'll sacrifice injectables, I'll sacrifice, but I cannot stop using this product. You know, we, I've heard this time and time and again, once you start with a Synergy product, you, you, you literally can't, you cannot leave because the effect on your skin is so, it's just life-changing, it's profound. But you work on so many levels with the skin and one of those things is with the skin integrity, Right. And we know an essential part of that is the skin microbiome. And you have done some revolutionary things in that space. You know, we're going to really be talking about that and a few other things as well today. But I would love to ask all about the skin microbiome. How does the balance of skin microbiome contribute to overall skin health? And, you know, what factors out there can actually disrupt this delicate balance? That is um, such an important question, and it's interesting. The whole microbiome space has just exploded in the last, well, through the gut as well in the last 10 years, but now in the skin, and I'm so excited about that. And about, I think it was about 10 years ago, um, I was having a conversation with, with somebody about bringing the microbiome to topical application because it was such an important thing to talk about the gut. Mm -hmm. Just a side note now, they're now looking at the gut microbiome for cancer treatment. This mm -hmm. is, you know, who would have thought that 10 years ago our poo was going to be so important? Well, it's, I mean, everybody knows. I know our poo is so important. <laughs> so, and so, but anyway, the, the microbiome is just going crazy. So to, to translate that to the importance of the skin, I believe that is the basis of a healthy barrier and the most important thing oh, there's so many important things to talk about but there is a skin gut connection so if we've got a healthy gut often our skin is healthy too so let's also look at what we eat and prebiotics but let, uh, getting onto the skin if you don't have a good skin microbiome and in, in other words all those wonderful bacteria good and bad by the way and we'll get onto that in a second you will not have enough hydration in your barrier you will not have that support because that barrier is your number one defense mechanism to everything you know it defends you against sunlight uv and and the other dangerous rays um it also protects you against pollution pm 2.5 particles which are very dangerous heavy metal penetration um it protects you against um ingredients that you may be using in personal care products so you need to have a good barrier your skin we know it's a cliche your skin is your largest organ but did you know that there's more bacteria on your skin than skin cells 
crazy, isn't it? Crazy, yeah. But, what do they say now? We're made up of more bacteria, uh, microbes, and and you know virus DNA that almost we're almost more that than humans. We are, we are. And then couple that with this is really nerdy. Do you know our mitochondria stems from bacterial cells and we evolved from bacteria? Yes, absolutely like, knew that. Like like crazy. Anyway, I just blows blown my mind. But yeah, so we need we absolutely need that. There's more bacterial cells than than skin cells. So we you know it begs the question which is the organ, the bacteria or the skin? That's in, that always sort of that does my head in a bit, but yeah, we need that. And you know, there's so many factors that can disrupt that that balance. And we, you know, obviously our age, we're less able to balance that as we get older. Um, males and females have a totally different microbiome, um, genetics, uh, your immune status. Now that's a really interesting um, concept because I know over COVID we needed to use sanitizer, we needed to isolate, but we're now seeing that our, our gut microbiome and our general immunity has been compromised and that yeah. translates to the skin. So we're seeing all these skin issues in the last couple of years that we never saw pre-COVID. And and my personal theory is we have been we have made ourselves more immunocompromised as a result, and our microbiome has to be really really healthy. So all the more reason to focus. Oh, you're so on point, Terry. Like everything you're saying, I, I I'm loving, I'm resonating. There's so many people out there. You're very avant-garde, ahead of your time. You know these things that you know you're talking about. I, I research. I don't hear many people speaking about them though. Yeah. Um, so it's so amazing and refreshing that you've come on with so much information. And forward-thinking information as well. I think a lot of skin therapists out there are wondering, certainly mine were, why is it that we're seeing, you know, inflammatory skin conditions um, on the rise after COVID? And I'm like, well, what are we doing every day? We're hand sanitizing, we're compromising our immune system, we're compromising our skin gut axis. What you're saying is going to resonate with so many therapists out there. I would I would say something that is a little bit avant-garde, but can I ask people to start easing back on sanitizer? Because um, honestly, we need to challenge our bacteria again. We need to challenge our immune system, um, and and we need to get back out there and get back out in the world. And COVID was terrible, and there probably will be another pandemic. What one you know in the next decade or two possibly and I don't even want to think about that but at the moment we need to just get back out there and strengthen our immune system because our immune system is a fundamental part of our skin and and the potential of inflammatory problems like dermatitis psoriasis eczema these are all brought on by inflammation even allergies that we've never had before so um, challenge that immune system people that's thank my, you that's so my much advice. for that advice it is absolutely one of the best advices that I think I've heard and scientifically sound, you know, really, I think if that we could start doing just that, come from yeah. like strengthening ourselves a little bit more, I think we will start to see a big difference. Sorry to go off topic with your microbiome. <laughs> That's okay. So, so I think for, for, you know, we see that when the microbiome is challenging, often even, we you know, back in COVID day, sorry to harp back on that, we were wearing masks. Masks were touching our skin. There's a lot of chemicals that they use um, that are, you know, sterilising chemicals and bleaching chemicals in masks that were having an effect on it, this, our barrier, compromising our microbiome so we'd have inflammation, uh, irritation, itchiness, um, dryness, and all these things were disrupting our microbiome. 
But it's also important to remember that, yes, we have a beautiful community of lovely good bacteria that give off these amazing molecules that help our skin, but there's also the bad guys, and we need those bad guys because those bad guys are there to say, hey, you need to work skin, you need to produce some, some molecules to protect us, and that's stimulating the immune system. The Synergy Skin Range is supported by clinical data, supercharged with the maximum dosage of active ingredients and formulated for optimal health. Offering evidence-based solutions for the lifetime of your skin, Synergy Skin are dedicated to maintaining skincare of a professional, ethical and clinically sought standard. Their formulas are designed to create biological change at the source. It's optimum skin health for the long haul, just like you deserve. Synergy Skin, the perfect synergy between skincare and real results. To learn more, visit www.synergyskin.com. So we don't want to obliterate the bad bacteria off our skin. It's all about diversity and balance of the good and the bad. So it's, it, we need, of course, we need to increase the good, but you also need some bad guys there as well. Absolutely. Thank yep. you so much for all that information. And that leads me to think, you know, we've, we've got, obviously, we look at our skin um, nowadays in a more holistic way, what's happening on our skin, the bacteria that's on there, but what also are we putting on our skin? We, I love that you call your brand Synergy because they need to work synergistically, right? Yeah. The ingredients that you put on your skin, how you care for your skin, the bacteria you have on your skin, your microbiome, internal and external mm -hmm. factors. And that brings me to, to thinking about ingredients and that's your specialty, obviously. So I would love today to, to chat to you about a few different things. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to be going from one thing to another, but I, I think whilst I have you here, I'd love to deep dive into a couple of things like, for example, hyaluronic acid. Everyone talks about that. Um, it's really essential for our skin barrier, as we were talking about before, but there are so many myths surrounding um, HA. You know, can you tell us some of those misconceptions and also sort of debunk some theories out there as well? Because I know there are a few competing ones. Look, I think I'm I'm a great believer in hyaluronic acid, but mm. I think for people who think it's the holy grail of skincare, um, that is probably the biggest myth. And a lot of um, a lot of companies, a lot of brands, hang their hat on just hyaluronic acid. Now, also the other problem I, I find is people think that hyaluronic acid. They just talk about that one thing. There are so many different types, and in my lab library, I've got four types of hyaluronic acid. I've got high molecular weight, medium, low, and micronized hyaluronic. And mm -hmm. they all go to different layers of the epidermis. Another myth is that people believe that hyaluronic acid goes to the dermis where it's made naturally by the fibroblast in our cells and, and, and basically replenishes our lost hyaluronic acid in our dermis. That's another myth. Even the smallest molecular weight, which is about two kilodaltons, which is around about 2,000 daltons. It is still too small to get to the dermis, but that's still okay because the epidermis has still got living cells at the very basal layer, and they've still got areas where they need to have the immune system uplifted and, and made to work more efficiently. It's still got areas where you need to hydrate the skin on different levels. So for example, 
I like to use at least two or three types of hyaluronic acid um, in the, the new product that we've uh, developed, Hylivive. It's got three. It's got high, high molecular weight, medium, and, and ultra low or micro. And the, the surface hyaluronic acid, which is the most popular high molecular weight, um, that basically sits on the top of the skin. It's beautiful. It plumps up the dead skin, makes your skin look smooth, removes the, the look of wrinkles temporarily, but it looks great. It's a film former, basically. Mm -hmm. You need to get a bit deeper. You need to have hyaluronic acid working on multiple layers of the skin to do many, many different things. I mean, hyaluronic acid in a, in a lower molecular weight acts as an antioxidant, acts as an anti-inflammatory, acts as an uh, ability to stimulate our immune system in our epidermis. And all these go towards strengthening our barrier. So I think for me as a formulator, you can't just take hyaluronic acid as the only ingredient that's going to make a difference. And also when you choose hyaluronic, you've got to say, okay, which molecular weight am I using? Because what function do I want it to perform? So it's it's a lot more than just saying, hey, there's hyaluronic acid. Woo you have to know why you're using it and what it's going to do. Absolutely. I love it. And and I love the the fact that you said it's not the holy grail, it's not the only thing that you need to use, absolutely no by, by any stretch is it. No. Um, and that leads into, okay, well, what other ingredients should you use with it? Are there specific ingredient combinations that you like to use? Or are there ones that are commonly misunderstood or that can possibly even lead to some potentially harmful practices out there? Oh, for in terms of compromising the barrier I think there are some practices that I think can be overused one of my pet hates is overuse of AHAs and I think some people believe that uh, again they think maybe AHAs are the holy grail yes they're fantastic you know there's so many different types one of my favorites is lactic acid because it's a larger molecule it doesn't penetrate deeply and it's it's very very hydrating but you it's still an exfoliant it still takes off the surface layer of the skin and you don't want to remove that surface layer until those those cornea sites are ready to go. So yes. you really need to be very, very careful with that. So the people that need high, um, a, a high level of exfoliation are usually people with acne uh, who aren't sensitive, also yes. with thickened sun-damaged skin that need to slough off those surface layers. But once you've done it, ease back. Um, I think exfoliation really should only be used two or three times a week max, certainly not every day, unless it's a very gentle exfoliant or maybe an enzymic exfoliant. Um, uh, there, there are some gentle ones, but definitely not AHAs. The other problem I have is when people don't grasp the chemistry of mixing, and that's again down to the synergy of ingredients. For example, um, niacinamide, one of my favorite ingredients, um, one of the first ingredients I ever developed almost 20 years ago was my vitamin B serum. Mm. It's wonderful, but it shouldn't be mixed in a high or a very high or a very low pH. So people may mix it with their AHAs, which may have a pH of about mm. 2.5, highly acidic. So what happens, and we know this, B3 comes in many a few forms. One of those forms is niacin, which mm. is nicotinic acid. When you acidify or alkalize niacinamide, it becomes niacin or nicotinic acid. 
and that causes facial flushing. If anybody's ever taken niacin tablets, even low dose, you go bright red and blotchy mm -hmm. very quickly. You certainly do. <laughs> yeah, so, so we don't want that on the skin. We need to balance that niacinamide. We don't want it to become niacin, so we need to keep the pH very balanced. So, again, don't mix your, your very acidic solutions like uh, a pure L-ascorbic acid serum with water or um, your high-level AHA, BHAs with niacinamide at night. I always say exfoliate in the morning and use your vitamin A and B at night. The other thing is retinol, not all forms of vitamin A, but just retinol with the OH group. You should not mix that with acids either because it neutralizes the retinol. So yeah, there's a few things you need to, little rules of thumb. Mm, keep those in mind. Yeah. And as I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, there's, you know, we're talking about some things that make typically we know make a big difference in, in our skin. You know, we think, let's go for the AHAs, let's go for the retinol. Um, but there are a group of um, ingredients that we sometimes overlook as being, you know, maybe a little bit more uh, fluffy or delicate, and that's ceramides. But actually, ceramides play a key role in um, the skin barrier and also maintaining a strong and resilient skin barrier. Well, ceramides actually, interestingly, compose up to 40% of the epidermis. So we all, you know, we all know ceramides, they're the brick and mortar approach to the epidermis. So the bricks are the cells and the mortar are the glue. So they are the ceramides. And there's many different types of ceramides, but there's some, there's ones that are, my favorites are ceramide NP, AP and OEP. So they're three types of ceramides and they're absolutely bioidentical to what's in our skin. So they are beautiful to formulate with. They have, as you would imagine, a tremendous affinity for the epidermis. So they replace the mortar that's lost. And, you know, you see an old house, there's, you know, the bricks are still there, but they're getting a bit wonky because the mortar's falling out. That's, that's basically age as well. As we get older, our ceramide levels drop. So we need to replace that mortar. And that's usually from topical skincare. So again, one type of ceramide is not ideal. Um, my preference is to use multiple types of ceramides to target all those different levels. And ceramides are absolutely incredible for maintaining water balance, preventing transepidermal water loss, holding it in, also hydrating the skin from within. And it's been found to have tremendous effect on um, contact dermatitis, psoriasis, redness and atopic dermatitis as well so if you're somebody who suffers dryness or sensitivity a combination in my opinion of of ceramides niacinamide and hyaluronic acid will be the key to rehydrating your skin and the barrier beautiful yeah. um, that combination sounds absolutely divine are, are there any specific ways that you formulate with ceramides do you incorporate it into all of your skincare products or do you just specifically use them in, in certain formulations? When I'm starting a formula, there'll be two things. I'll either have an incredible ingredient that I've discovered at a conference or from a supplier, or um, I know that there is a gap in the market. Um, and I've been looking to do a hydrating serum for about eight years, mm -hmm. but I haven't had the right combination of ingredients. And I also wanted to find ceramides with multiple types of ceramides in the one ingredient. Then I wanted to do my triple hyaluronic and mm. then also found vitamin B12. So vitamin B12 is, um, is it's just the most beautiful anti-inflammatory ingredient, has so much clinical data to support it. 
And I had a mission for, for this particular hydrating product to A, be incredibly hydrating, but B, support the barrier and really pack a punch when it comes to inflammation. Because I've noticed, as we spoke about earlier, we've really had um, a tremendous problem with barrier disrepair and dysfunction in the last few years. And I needed to address that as a, as a scientist as best I could with the right combo. So ceramides really are key here. Um, I am focusing on barrier inflammation and hydration in this product and that's why I've used them. Wow, that's gorgeous. I love that you um, go back to the inflammation problem because as we all know now and, and Harvard studies and other studies out mm. there tell you that really um, chronic uncontrolled inflammation is the common causative factor in you know almost any illness or, or, or problem that you can mm -hmm. encounter. Obviously, inflammation is needed in our body to do specific functions but the chronic uncontrolled continuous type of inflammation where you don't know what the source is or you do and it's you know unavoidable like the masks that we used to wear and mind you my therapists in in clinic still every day wear masks yeah. um and it's it is a problem with our for our therapists because I, i'm finding that a lot of them are challenged with inflammatory conditions but i'm seeing an influx even now, post-COVID, with one after another skin inflammatory condition. Mm -hmm. So we are so obsessed, I think, um, in the skincare world with um, going there with ingredients, pack a punch, make a difference. You know, um, it's all inflaming the skin even further. So what you're talking about now is taking a step back and going, how can we restore? How can we repair? Yeah. Because our, state, our skin is in a state of disrepair. Yeah, that's right. right. Yep. And the only and the only protection between the outside world and the inside is your barrier, um, and that is just so precious. And I think look, there is, as you said, so true that we need a little bit of inflammation because that kickstarts everything. If we don't have that signal, we don't we don't go into repair mode. But it's when you tick it over the edge that's a problem. And I think an aggressive approach to skincare is no longer what we should be looking at. We need to look at that delicate balance between just enough inflammation to kickstart cellular processes, but not too much to obliterate. I love it. And, you know, I look at you and um, you, you have a skincare philosophy, but I think you have a whole life philosophy. Um, you're, you're beautiful, you're healthy, you're fit, you've got a great business. Um, I know it's a sneaky question to ask in there, but tell us a little bit about, you know, we think about treating the skin holistically and a person is a 360, you know, not just a we're treating their skin. Do you have any tips that are outside um, just skincare that you personally do for your health that you that influence your skin health as well? <laughs> I, you know what? I'm being cheeky. You are being cheeky, cheeky but, but I am such an oversharer, so I will tell you. <laughs> I have, look, I do, I do walk the talk and for me, I just want to be the best version of me as I age and, and I'm, you know, in my sixties now and I just love my life and yeah, there are lots of things I do and, and skincare is a part of my life, but it's not the only part of my life that, that, that will promote my longevity. And to me, it's about health span, not lifespan. I just want to be as healthy as I can. So Wow. Okay. So I dip my face in ice water every morning and I hold my breath for as long as I can because there's more cold receptors in my face than anywhere in my body. I hate going into the ocean. So I dunk my face. So I get cold water from the fridge. Then I put a whole heap of ice cubes in it, leave it to sit and dunk my face for as long as I can. And if you get an ice cream freeze, frozen brain, that means it's good. <laughs> 
I tried that too. Trust me, this is a it's it's a really good little I, I'm a biohacker as well. So, so then I also have a red light panel. I'm a total believer in red light therapy for activating the mitochondria. So I do red light therapy every day. Um, I've got um, a little mask I use um, and I absolutely love that. The Omnilux, um, I shouldn't oh, do, I, love I, I do plug brands, but I love, I've got the chest and the face Omnilux. Um, and You're gonna laugh, I have three low level lasers in my home. Yeah, I have them no, in my clinic, but I have them in my home. I well, just, the clinic oh ones are on steroids and you cannot get that intensity or it's very hard to get that intensity at home, which is, so that's why the clinic ones absolutely are so amazing. Mm. But if you, if you wanna do the maintenance thing, I yeah. I do it I do it every other day or every day. I also have a vibrational plate um, to protect against osteoporosis. So I stand on my hypervibe every morning while I'm doing my rubber my therabands and also sometimes listening to a podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. By the way, I don't have one. I love it, but I have a rebounder and I just do a little bit of a yeah. rebounding. Right, because yeah. also as we get older, we get um you know we're much more prone to osteoporosis. Obviously, we're losing our our hormone levels and sorry our hormone levels are dropping. Thing. Um, so I always go on my hypervibe and I do my TheraBands at the same time. What else? Do, oh, lots of supplements. So I won't go into that. I've got a tackle box of supplements. <laughs> Can we come back on another podcast and, and do one about biohacking? Because I look at you and I look at you and I think Terry is doing the complete system because you just look, sound, everything like honestly, what? like you've rewound time for for 30 years oh my god thank you you've made my day because i wasn't feeling oh. like that this morning i was you know, you know you have your good days and your not so great days and i'm thinking oh i feel really old today but yeah thank you for saying no, that. but you can see it um you can yeah. see it the way that you move the way that you speak the energy the vibrancy your skin um you know just everything the the, the whites of your eyes like you know it you can see when someone's actually glowing with health and, and does that 360 approach. And, and, and I think, you know, walk, walk, the walk. The, walk the talk because my, my husband is also very into that space as well. And we both um, enjoy our life together and want to be together as long as we can. So, you know, do it for your kids, do it for your friends, any relationship as well as for yourself. Um, and, and I think... I, this is something that I need to be really good at is loving aging. And, and I don't like the word aging. I, I don't mind maturing, but it is, it is such a privilege to get older. Um, I just want to be my best version as I age and health wise, that's just so important to me. And skincare is a major part of it. It's, but it's not, as, as I've said, it's not the Holy Grail. It's a part of it, an integral part it of is, it. It is. And there's so much real science out there about, you know, at life extension health extension you know dr david sinclair i've loved him for, for years and years right when the beginning when he was talking about sirtuin genes but there's actually scientifically based evidence out there that can um does make a difference people yeah. are reversing in age people yeah. are living a longer life healthier longer life yeah um, they are. And, and we know how to do it there's no reason why we shouldn't live to 120 people my a person my age i'm aiming to get to 120 Yes, I'll so, join you at the 120 club. I yes, love it. I'm, I'm technically oh middle-aged. Terry, you are such a wealth of knowledge. I have been so excited about this podcast today because I know that everybody listening to this is going to come away with just feeling excited and um, passionate and probably researching a whole bunch of things that you've said. But 
as we leave the podcast, I would love to know, is there something at the moment that you're absolutely loving, you know, and want to put a spotlight on that's essential, I suppose, to the health of the vital skin barrier? I think for me, again, it's combining products synergistically and ingredients. So for me, um, I think your prebiotic and postbiotic, not probiotic in a skincare. Um, can I just cut back? Prebiotics is like inulin. It's it's the food for the bacteria, for the good ones. It feeds the good ones more and doesn't feed the bad ones. So inulin is a great ingredient for the skin combined with postbiotics, not probiotics, because probiotics basically are live bacteria. Never buy a product with live bacteria in the bottle. It means there's no preservative. If there is a preservative, the bacteria would be dead because that's what preservatives do. So if you think of um, postbiotics as the molecules produced by the bacteria that are beneficial for the skin, that's what I prefer. I use bifidobacterium ferment lysate. So it's basically the, the bifidobacteria, which is great for inflammation and barrier support, but it's those bacteria. And from that, I've taken the active molecules from fermenting the bacteria and that are called postbiotics. If you can imagine um, all the goodies inside the bacteria, we've extracted them and it and, and it's in the product and it doesn't need, it won't be killed because it's no longer live bacteria. So prebiotic and postbiotic combination is really, really important. And the product that I have at Synergy, but there are others on the market, so I'm not necessarily plugging mine as Dermiotic. Um, the other one for barrier is combining your your three-level hyaluronics, your three types of ceramides, and your B12 for hydration and barrier support and inflammation. And that's my Hylovive, the new product. And it's this gorgeous pink color. And then oh. obviously, I cannot go past, cannot go past good old vitamin B serum, the, the multitasker. And um, despite what you, you might hear, um, you can go higher in dosage in niacinamide. I, I've, I know there's been a little bit of um, unusual reporting of niacinamide at over 5% causing inflammation. I've been using niacinamide at 13% and now 21% for almost 20 years. And we've sold hundreds of thousands of products and have ha not had one reaction. So as long as you don't mix it with acid. I was going to say, it's how you formulate it. Dermotic, Hylovive and Vitamin B Serum are the Synergy faves, but there are other brands that will have those types of ingredients. So don't just necessarily think that Synergy is the only one, but just go for the right combination. So pre and postbiotics, hyaluronics, ceramide, B12 and B3, they would be my faves. Oh, Terry, thank you so much for all the information and honestly for coming on and speaking so generously to all of our listeners. You have fulfilled a fangirl moment in me personally by being able to sort of host a podcast with you today. And please, please do come back. Um, we have just a wealth of knowledge and um, we need people like you to share it and inspire us every day. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Steph. Thank you so much. It's lovely to, to be here and spread the word to everybody. You've reached the end of another episode of the Beauté by Abic podcast, your online support community for the aesthetic and beauty industry. Thank you for listening. And until next time, stay connected.